You're listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, episode 003. You're talking about putting your fuck parts in my head where my brain lives. We can't do this 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Why not? You know, in nature, only a handful of creatures made for life. This is the Touch of Flavor podcast. Dating and relationship advice by kinksters for kinksters. Join us as we tackle BDSM, sex, non-monogamy, and how to build extraordinary relationships in an ordinary world. And now your hosts, Cassie and Rigel. Hey folks, welcome to our first ever Q&A episode where Cassie and I answer the questions that you've sent in. Uh, Today's questions include, can kinky and poly people date vanilla people? A boss who saw somebody's bruises? Approaching dominant women as a submissive man? A couple of questions about uncomfortable sex? And... How to politely or not so politely tell somebody to fuck off. If you've got a question of your own that you'd like to send us, you can go to atouchofflavor.com forward slash ask and send it in. Or you can call and leave us a voicemail at 833-ASK-TOF-1. So I understand that you had a bit of a uh, church incident (laughs) over the weekend. Wow, you're making it sound much worse than it is. I wouldn't say church incident as much as, you know, a, a missionary annoyance. But Church hilarity, <laughs> perhaps. Yeah. Um, so on Sunday, um, you know, after being up late with my partners, you know, what I want to do on a Sunday morning is lay in bed. Um, but my dog started barking, which isn't like an uncommon occurrence. Uh, upgrade our 150 pound Great Dane um, occasionally barks at nothing. So at first I ignored it, but then it continued to go on and I went to the front door and there stood a, you know, person that was a missionary. Um, and they were kind of going to like all the houses. I could see all of them up my street by looking at my door, um, you know, knocking on various doors. And the gentleman said, um, I noticed you did not make it to our morning service. And Which is, I think, is a great strategy, (laughs) by the way. (laughs) I noticed you didn't attend this thing that you never come to. Um, So so good strategy. And, you know, a little bit about me. I don't really have anything with, you know, against church or religion. I'm not particularly religious. And um, I do not go to church on Sunday. Um, So, uh, you know, I, when I responded to him the first time. I was very polite. I said, no, thank you. And he's like, well, I see you have many vehicles out here. You know, is there a problem with making it to church? Um, You know, because we can offer you a a ride if you need. Um, Obviously, there's like four cars outside of our house. There should be somebody who can drive. Um, So I'm like, I'm not going to like tell you a story. I'm going to be serious with you. I'm just like, no, you know, I'm just I'm not interested. Thank you. Hope you have a nice day. Um, and he starts being a little bit more pushy and is like, well, you know, why don't you want to come? And, you know, don't you want to be saved? And, uh, and I'm like, no, I I don't want to be saved. I want to go back in my bed with my two sexy naked partners. Um, so did you actually say that or are you thinking at this point? At that point, I'm thinking it, I actually do finally say it, but I didn't say it at that point. Um, which at this point, um, my dog now is like excited because there are people at the door, right? Like he's like, Oh friend. Um, and he starts barking loudly because his happy bark is, is quite, um, intimidating. Wouldn't you say? Um, oh, he's, he's a, he's a huge dog. So he's got a deep, 
bark, even though he is... Uh, he is a kitten trapped in a yeah. beast pony. Um, so he's, he's, he's carrying on and barking real loud. And at this point, I'm getting annoyed because I, I just want to go back to bed. And, and he's like, well, you know, is there anything, you know, why... Is, is there anything that would keep you from going to church today? And why wouldn't you want to be there? You know, why wouldn't you want to be there? And I'm like, because right now I'm laying naked in between my two naked partners. I want to go back to bed. Um, so that was that was at the point where I actually said that. And the guy looked at me with his face and he was like, oh, my, you know, dear, you know, it's it's never too late to, you know, turn your life around and embrace Jesus, et cetera, et cetera. Um, at which point my dog pushes through the door finally because he's he's been like wanting to make friends now for the ne- last 10 minutes with this uh, missionary. And um, the dog pushes out. And at this point, the guy's kind of backing up. And I'm like, oh, you know, he's... And I was like, you know, at first I was going to be like, he's friendly. But then I was like, uh, I was like, oh, we don't want another incident. I'm sorry. You know, you might want to go. So he starts backing off. But then our cat who um, our cat's name is Cujo, by the way. Um, so because he's ferocious to dogs, not people, <laughs> yes. but he thinks he's an escape artist. Well, I say he thinks he is, but he tries to be an escape artist. He is not an outdoor cat, but he wants very much to be an outdoor cat. And he tries to be an outdoor cat every chance that he gets. <laughs> so he pushes out and he gets up on his back paws and he has his two front paws reached to the sky, waving in the air like some hypnotic, like um, possessed being, you know, and just waving back and forth slowly, twisting back and forth. Um, which the guy looks at the cat all strange and I just took advantage of it. It was like on cue. Cause I was like, Oh no, not the cat. He's worse than the dog. And the guy like bolts across the, the, the street. Um, while the, the, the angry dog is, is, is barking viciously and the cat is doing his hypnotic, you know, um, I don't know, some kind of, 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 you know, devil entrancing dance that he's doing. Um, but it scared off the missionary pretty well. Um, so <laughs> it, it, it worked out very well. Um, so, you know, I had to thank my my big giant dog that really isn't very ferocious and my cat that I swear is not the devil. He is just um, a goofy cat that wants to go outside. But I had to thank them that morning um, for getting me out of this whole cabacle with this missionary. Um, and I guess for me, like my whole thing with, with that whole situation is like, if you want to convert me to your church, like don't show up at like seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning, trying to get me to go to church. Like come to my house at like noon with some cheese and some wine. And then we can discuss like our fellow savior. Um, I'll be much more open to it. Um, but when you knock on my door at seven thirty in the morning, I'm going to send my vicious cat after you. <laughs> like, if only you can figure out how to get him to do it on cue. I don't know. He got lots of treats afterwards. So I'm hoping that he'll take it as a, um, like, if you scare away the missionaries, you know, I'll give you treats. I don't think it's working so far. I think mainly he just wants the treats, but, you know. So on that note... <laughs> Um, (laughs) I'm sorry. I can't. All right. So on that note today, we are doing our first ever Q&A episode. Uh, And this is actually really, 
really cool for us because we love Q&As. And this is actually kind of how we got to the podcasting thing was doing Q&As on Facebook Live. So we love Q&As. Um, we have a bunch of questions that people sent in. In somebody's case, we have a bunch of questions that one person sent in. And we would love to get your questions for a future episode. So ask us your questions. You can go to our website at atouchofflavor.com forward slash ask. There's a form. You can fill it out. Uh, we'll read your question on air. Or, and we like this option even better, you can call our number, which is um, 833-ASK-TOF1. That's 833-ASK-TOF1 which is a number that we just got, and we're pretty excited about it because these 833 prefixes just came out, and now this number's available, and there was no AskTOF numbers available before June. And you didn't know that, did you? And 833-ASK-TOF1, <laughs> and you can leave us a number on our voicemail line, and I guess you want to leave a number. I guess you can leave your message on our voicemail line, and then we can play your message on air and then answer it. When you're doing either of these things, please uh, leave your name, your age, where you're from. Um, pretty much everybody, or I think everybody today, for the most part, answered this via email and did not answer any of that stuff that we asked for except name. Yeah. So it helps us out, please. Name, age, where you're from. And if there is a specific question that might be in regards to your sexuality or gender or your kinky role, make sure to add that because then we end up trying to answer questions um, with, you know, not really knowing sort of, you know, that that back part of it. Um, and it can really change the answer. You know, if it's a question that's more related to someone who is a penis haver versus a vagina haver, that can really change the, the answer that we give. Um, so so if, it's, if it's relevant to your question. Yeah. But atouchflavor.com slash ask or 833-ASK-TOF on your phone. All right, so first we have a couple of questions from Michael. Michael had a lot of questions. Um, we're going to start with two, and then we're going to go through other people's just to make sure we have a chance to get to other people. And then uh, depending on time, we, we might come back to Michael. So question one. Oof. All right, <laughs> question one from Michael. Man, we're getting into like the heavy ones right, right off, off the, bat. the bat. Yep. Can kinky and or poly people date vanilla people? And if so, what can you reasonably expect from the relationship? You want to start with this one? I'll start and you can chime in. Okay. How's that sound? Um, okay. Can kinky and or poly people date vanilla people? The answer in short is, well, yeah. Um, but you but may not want to. You probably don't want to. Um, so... Um, you can have relationships with people who are different than yourself, um, but it makes it very hard um, for a lot of people who are kink and poly. That is not something that they do. That is something that they are. And trying to put aside something that you are, not something that you just do, um, is very hard in a relationship. Yeah. So I, I think there's kind of two ends to this question. Um which is like, can you, Michael, date a, a, a poly and vanilla person and be happy with that? And then like, can you date them and get them to be kinky or poly? 
So as far as dating people and, and getting them to be kinky or poly, so I know like a lot of the, if you look at like a lot of advice for like kink that was written years ago, right? Um, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking specifically of- Like Fifty Shades of Grey time frame? No, 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 no. I'm thinking like BDSM 101 by J. J. James J. J. Wiseman. J. Wiseman, whose name I know, uh, really. Um, but I'm thinking, I'm thinking like BDSM 101 by J. Wiseman. You know, and this is written like back really before the advent of Fat Life and like you know Fifty Shades and like the the scene getting as as huge as it was. And you know, a lot of the advice centered around maybe finding somebody who was vanilla and then exposing them to kink. And there's there's certain ways to do that. Um, and I will link to a blog post, um, called you're not alone finding a kinky partner that I wrote. And there's a specific section of that, that goes into, um, different things that you can do, how to introduce kink, things like, you know, starting lightly, um, you know, like trying like little things at first, like tying your partner off with like handkerchiefs or scarves, um, or maybe like nipping them on the ear or like bringing up things that you're interested in, like when you're dirty talking, um, and a bunch of things like that. So I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, but really generally we recommend that at this point with where the scene is that you don't do that. Okay. And as far as with kinky people, um, I think this is my personal opinion. There isn't data backing this up or anything, but it is easier to find a vanilla person and explore kinks and work towards kinks than a monogamous person trying to convert them to poly. Um, the thing is a lot of times with kink, it might just be, well, I haven't been exposed to that, or there are kinks that I might like. I just, you know, haven't tried them before. Polly, as far as a relationship structure, if it's a person who is monogamous, hasn't done poly, trying to convert that person, since we were just talking about <laughs> missionaries a few minutes ago, uh, trying, trying to teach the good word about poly. Um, isn't usually going to go over very well. And what you can expect from those kind of relationships is exactly what you're signed up for. If you're dating a vanilla person and you're d- dating a monogamous person, you can expect that relationship to be what it is, vanilla and not monogamous. Yeah, I think you know the thing is it's easier to potentially expose somebody to kink, but like I said, we don't recommend it at this point. You know, the, the scene has gotten so big. There's so many opportunities to find people who are like you. You know, the problem is, and let's say kink specifically, because like Cassie said, it, it's very difficult to introduce poly to somebody who has never been poly and has no interest in poly. Um, but you know, kink specifically, like, could you find somebody? Could you go through these steps? Could you, you know, try and do these things? Yeah. But the promise at the end of the day, you don't know whether they're going to like it or not. And if that's like an integral part of who you are and that's something you need, that may very well be a deal breaker for the relationship. So, you know, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to put that much time and that much effort, um, into a relationship that, you know, there's, there's a great chance really isn't going to work. I mean, there's a great chance you guys just aren't going to be compatible if that's something that you require. I do have a caveat to that statement. If you discover that you're kinky and you have like already a really awesome, amazing relationship with somebody. Yes. And you discover along the way, well, hey, I'm 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 a freak. <laughs> you know, like 
you probably don't want to just be like, okay, we're, we're incompatible and not work it out. Um, a lot of the things that you were talking about in regards to finding a kinky partner, I would recommend being good things for a partner as well that you've been with for a while and are in a good relationship with, but also want to be kinky. And that hasn't been an aspect of your relationship. Yeah. Um, and you know, definitely that stuff that I was talking about before applies to that. And a lot of people find out they're kinky and or poly when they are in a, in a relationship that maybe they've been in for years. And yeah, you know, in that case where you've already built that relationship and you put the time and effort into that relationship, obviously it makes sense to see what you can do in that relationship. But if you haven't, I wouldn't recommend that you, uh, you go out looking to date vanilla people. I mean, sometimes that just kind of develops you know, but I wouldn't recommend that you go out looking to date vanilla people because at the end of the day, the answer is you can't reasonably expect anything from them except to be what they already are. And if that's a deal breaker for you, uh, like it is for many of us, uh, you know, that relationship's not going to work out. Don't waste your time. Don't waste theirs. Exactly. All right. So the next question that Michael sent in was, how do you tell the vanilla people in your life that you have embraced one form of alternative lifestyle or another? It's another very involved question. Uh, well, first off, I think it depends which alternative lifestyle you're talking about. I think from Michael's other questions and just from Michael's, you know, stuff, it's like poly and kink. Well, I view poly and kink as very different when you're talking about coming out. Because at the end of the day, a lot of times when you're coming out, when you're talking about coming out, um, it comes down to uh, why do you need to come out to this particular person? Yeah. And for me, I even break it down further than that. I look at it like kink, power exchange, and then poly. And I'm going in that order because Poly being one of the hardest things to, come, to to not come out about, especially if you have partners that you're very, very involved in their life um, versus kink, which if you're just spanking your partner or tying them up, who really needs to know that, right? Um, whereas if there's a power exchange that's somewhere in the middle, you might have protocols and things like that, or someone might wear a collar and it might come up. Um, so really, you know, not to spin the question back around on you, but why do you feel like you need to be out? Um, obviously, you know, for some people it's very empowering. And if that's why, go for it. Um, but you also have to realize that there a lot of times isn't necess a necessity to come out as being a kinkster or someone who is engaging in power exchange. Um, Polly, it's a little bit more difficult when you have relationships and people, you know, people involved who might be hurt if you aren't open and honest about that type of relationship. Yeah. I like to say nobody likes to be the dirty little secret forever. So first step with telling people is decide if there's even a need to tell them. Um, in most cases, I don't want to say in most cases, but again, if you're just doing stuff in the bedroom or like, like really there isn't a lot of reason to come out to most people in your life about your sex life, like your family and your coworkers, like you wouldn't be telling them things that you're doing in the bedroom in general. So if it's just stuff you're doing in the bedroom, a lot of times there's not going to be a great reason to come out about that with kink. Like, you know, like if you're not going to your coworkers and being like, Hey, like, you know, I fucked this chick this way, this way, this way, this last week, then there's really not a need to come do the same thing and be like, Hey, like I beat this chick and fucked her this way, this way, this way. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and aside for just the, do you need to, do you want to, um, if you don't want to tell somebody, you don't have to, um, you don't owe anybody any information about your intimate relationships. Yeah. So like, um, Cassie is incredibly out. I am out. Um, I'm actually at this point out, uh, pretty much everywhere, um, including work and, and, you know, my family and everything else. But stuff has kind of, you know, I've never really gone to people looking, um, like looking to come out when I, I didn't have a need. Um, like, you know, uh, like I came out to my family about being poly when I ran into a situation where I had to tell them or I had to ditch a partner on a holiday. And I came out at work when Cassie got on the radio and, you know, people at my work saw it and, you know, asked me questions. So first step, uh, I think, is decide if you need to come out. Um, and, you know, not to belabor that point anymore, but definitely relationship-oriented stuff, especially poly, is going to require uh, more of a necessity to come out probably than other things. Um, once you decide that, some kind of general guidelines that we give as far as coming out, and I'm going to go through it fairly quickly, uh, find some neutral ground. So, you know, generally do it, uh, at like a restaurant or a public place or somewhere where, you know, people are less likely to kind of, uh, misbehave because there's other eyes on them. Um, don't do it on like holidays or special occasions or things like that. Like coming out over like Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas is just a bad idea for uh, several reasons. Uh, what else do we usually tell people? Um, be aware of what's going on with the person that you're telling. Um, if the person is already at like a heightened point of stress or anger or things like that, um, it might not be the time to come out to them because what might be a situation that will cause friction, friction to begin with might blow up even more. Um, so just be aware when you're telling that person kind of what's going on. If someone in their family just recently died, it might not be the time. Yeah. And the other thing that I'll say is, you know, if you have family members who are more likely to be sympathetic, it's usually better to tell them first mm -hmm. uh, and let them kind of maybe warm that other person up for you or maybe be present for the conversation when you're talking to the people who are less likely to be, um, to be accepting of that. Um, you have anything else on that? I think that's like the down and dirty. That's, that's the really short version of that. Yeah. Okay. So um, the most important part. Yeah. So decide if you even need to come out or if you do what you need to come out about, because, you know, just cause you need to come out about being poly doesn't necessarily need to come out about what you're doing in the bedroom. Um, you know, pick neutral ground, uh, find more sympathetic people first and be aware of what's going on in people's lives. When you tell them, try not to do it holiday special occasions. Okay. Next question is from Beth. Uh, and this question we actually pre-answered before we did this podcast episode because this kind of required an immediate answer. So Beth says, I work at a gym as a personal trainer. My boss saw the bruises on my butt, chest, belly, and thighs at work when I was changing. Okay. I was going to ask questions before I finish that sentence. So I guess read the whole sentence first. He said he is going to report my husband. I told him there was no abuse, but he is saying that he's going to go to the police. Worst yet, it is not even my submissive husband who made the marks, but my other casual play partner. What should we do? How do we handle this if something happens? We are so very scared. Yeah. 
Um, so when I got this question, I actually answered it and did not wait for a podcast episode to answer that. Um, and if you guys ever send in, you know, me- any kind of questions that I feel are immediate, um, I'll probably still do them as far as on a podcast, um, just so that other people can hear the answers. Um, but I'm going to send you an email. And yeah, occasionally give- <laughs> it needs to be answered immediately. And this is one of those cases. Uh, I think the first step in this situation is going to be to sit down and have a conversation with your your boss. Um, because the thing is, you know, there's a lot that you can do, but best thing for you is to prevent this from ever going to the police in the first place, um, which I assume, yeah, when you say report, going to the police. So best thing you can do, I think, first is to sit down um, and be like, hey, you know, I would, and I find the easiest way to frame this to vanilla people is in terms of Fifty Shades of Grey. At yeah. this point in time, unfortunately, look, none of us love Fifty Shades of Grey, but it has some good things that it's done with society as a whole, and you got to take advantage of it sometimes. Um, but I think, I think sitting down, having that conversation, and essentially being like, "Look, like you know, I'm I'm into some Fifty Shades of Grey stuff," and I don't even think at this point I would try and make that distinction between husband and play partner with the boss because I think that's just going to get even more confusing. But I also wouldn't label the husband either. No. In that situation. I would just say I like, just I'm, say it. I'm experimenting with some like 50 shades of gray stuff. You know, I wanted to improve my sex life. You're not saying this is, I'm doing it with my husband or I'm not doing it with my husband. Um, leave that ambiguous in case something does happen later. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So that would, I think that'd be the first step is sit down with the boss and, and do essentially what Kat said. I'm trying to spice up my sex life. Um, you know, I'm doing some 50 shades of gray stuff. Don't, I wouldn't bring up the play partner, but I wouldn't label the husband with it either. I would just try and skirt that topic if you can. If you can't, I would bring up the play partner, but that's just getting really, really kind of complicated, I think, beyond it opening up more more issues, potentially, like if they have like moral concerns on top of what's already going on. Yeah. And, you know, you can always start the conversation off in a way that's like, um, there is no abuse going on in my home. I'm just really, you know, interested in the Fifty Shades of Grey stuff. Now you're turning it back around on you and you're not mentioning your partner, but you can say like, there is no abuse. Maybe like, I appreciate you trying to look out for me. It's good to know that, you know, like I'm cared for at work and that kind of thing. Um, Anything else with talking to the boss before we move on? No, I think basically don't go into too much detail. That that's don't, don't do it. Like your boss does not need to know the ins and outs of how you got the marks on your body. And that most likely is only going to cause more issues. I absolutely would not do that. Yeah. Because if that does go to a police, like does get reported to the police, you don't necessarily even want those specifics available. Yeah. So don't, don't get specific. Just say it's, you know, experimentation and, and all in fun. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I do like the idea of thanking them and, and letting them know that you appreciate their caring and concern. Yeah. Um, from there, if it gets reported to the police, you have you have a couple of options. You and now I'm, I'm talking about you because at this point where it's reported to the police, it kind of gets to you and it gets to your husband. Um, but I'm saying they have a couple of options. But actually, at this point, I wouldn't I wouldn't screw around um, because at the point you have a third party making a complaint to the police, uh, you know, it's probably time to get like some kind of legal help, like the National Coalition for Sexual Freedom involved. Um, I mean, you can talk to the police, uh, and I I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing in a lot of circumstances, but I'd say in this circumstance where somebody's already kind of put it in the police's head that there is abuse, 
Um, you're kind of fighting an uphill battle, you know, because um, police departments are very cautious about battered spouses. Uh, let me put it this way. Battered spouses or battered partners a lot of times try and cover for the partner who does stuff. So police departments are very wary about that kind of stuff. So you're going to be, if, if this is reported by a third person, you're going to be fighting an uphill battle to begin with. Um, so I would immediately, at the point where it gets reported to the police, I would get the National Coalition for Sexual Freedom involved. Um, I would probably, as you, the person asking Beth, talk to them before you talk to the police. And I would most certainly, at that point where it's been reported and the police are coming to talk to your um, your play partner, because at that point, you are going to have to separate the play partner out from the husband. Uh, I would most certainly have him not say anything until he's talked to the NCSF as well. Because the thing is, um, like I said, police department's very, very touchy with domestic mm -hmm. violence, um, and you don't want to accidentally say the wrong thing in this situation where it was, in fact, consensual. So National Coalition for Sexual Freedom, they're a legal organization. They help out um, kinky alternative lifestyles people when they mm -hmm. run into these kind of issues. It's NCSF Freedom. I think there's two Fs. Mm -hmm. NCSF Freedom dot org and we'll put the link to that uh in our show notes for this episode yep so um yeah you know i i, I definitely feel for her as far as being scared that sort of thing That's a, it's a very understandable situation to be scared in. and um but definitely make sure that you you know reach out to them so uh this one's sent in by garrett if you're a dominant woman, would you want to make the first move, send the first PM and whatnot, or is it okay for the dude, the dude to do it? Ooh. <laughs> so basically this is a male submissive asking if, um, if dominant women want to be the first ones to make the move. Okay. So, um, no, the, the answer is no. We don't expect to be the first person to make the move most of the time. Um, it's okay for someone else to make it. If we're, you know, as, as a dominant woman, if I'm really interested, most of the time I'll go up and tell somebody. But that's not all dominant women. Uh, some dominant women still like the idea of being pursued. And even myself, even though I'm one of those people that'll just walk up to somebody and be like, you, I'd like to play. Let's see if we can work this out it's still nice to feel desired. Like it's not so much as far as, you know, oh, well you're taking control as you're showing a interest. Now, when you say first move, you say, you know, that might be tricky. Um, not necessarily the first move, like a first PM or walking up and asking, you know, out, but as far as like the first like sexual move or like the first progression, the first one to try to kiss or the first person to try to do something like that. Um, that I would say leave more in her, her, her ball court. Um, but as far as the first initial conversations of pursuing somebody like sending a PM or walking up is perfectly fine or asking for play for the first time. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask. Like, how about walking up and being like, Hey, like I saw what you did. It's really awesome. I'd be interested in, in bottoming to you sometime. It's perfectly fine. I would do it in a respectful way. Um, the, the reason why submissive men get the bad name of like being annoying and nagging is not because they're asking, but when and where and how they do it. So 
if she's in the middle of another scene, wait until she's done. Give her a couple minutes to do what she's doing. Uh, don't nag. If she tells you that she's not interested, don't continue to bug her, right? So um, it's not so much the problem of asking as much as it is being overly pushy is where the problem falls in. And you actually did a Kinkley article that I just had to look up because it was a little while ago, but called Submissive Dating, um, How to Attract a Dom. Kinkley is a great site. They've got a ton of cool articles on there. Uh, And you've got a lot of stuff on here from, uh, you know, about not making assumptions, how to look for a dumb online, how knowing what you offer, how to approach. Um, so I will post a link to that in the show notes as well. And I would highly suggest Garrett that you read this article. It's actually pretty good. It's not too long a read, but it's got a lot of really good stuff in there as far as your question, um, that I think that you would, uh, would be helpful for you. All right. Next question sent by Jack. And we do have an age on this one. This is 20. Okay. So Jack is 20. Still don't have a location, Jack. (laughs) Don't pick on Jack. Jack was the only person that should pick on Garrett. You know, he's submissive male sending in questions to a dominant female and he's not following all the instructions. All right. (laughs) No, we love you guys. Keep sending questions. Um, okay, Jack. So Jack is 20 and he says, Due to an issue I've had with my foreskin being too tight and making sex uncomfortable, I've had barely any penetrative sex and pretty much never had oral sex, even though I was in a four-year relationship. After working with a doctor, it's better, but for years and until recently, it's prohibited me from meeting girls or making a move when it's clear a girl has been into me. Would this honestly put kinky women off? Uh, the lack of experience. Okay, specifically the lack of experience for his age. Could this cause him trouble in finding a kinky partner? And I'm kind of getting from this question that it isn't this whole, that honestly it doesn't really have anything to do with the, the foreskin or any physical discomfort at the point. It sounds like that's resolved. And his problem now is he's inexperienced because that was a problem. And he's wondering if if that's going to be a problem with kinky women. Going forward at this point. Going yeah. forward. And he's 20. Dude, I was 19 before I even really dated. And I lost my virginity at 19. Uh, and I'm pretty happy with where I am today with kinky women. So you're only a year off. I'll, I'll start with saying that. Yeah. I mean, when I first was reading this and listening to you read it again, um, honey, you're still a a kinkling. Like you're only 20. Um, you not having like a huge, vast amount of knowledge sexually is actually not like a huge problem. Um, that being said, I'm going to get real with you for a minute. Can it potentially cause a little bit of a riff, um, with people who want to play with somebody more experienced? Yes. Cause a lot of times people in the scene want to play with someone who is more experienced than them. That being said, it's usually not around PIV. Like, um, have you done oral? Like, I understand that your foreskin had issues and you weren't doing that, but have you gone down on somebody? Have you, you know, I'm not sure what your your sexual orientation is, but have you sucked cock? Like, it's not all about the PIV, especially in the kink world. Um, people are going to be more concerned with if you are experienced be, with with how to tie someone up versus whether or not you can, you know, be good as far as, you know, sex, if you're knowledgeable about every kind of 
tantra position there is. So, you know, I would, I would suggest, you know, not being too scared about that and trying to just go from this point, adding to your skills. Yeah. And you don't, I notice you don't really say in here what experience you have giving, um, you know, cause you say you've, you've barely had penetrative sex. Okay. I got that. And pretty much never had oral sex, which I'm assuming you mean receiving because of your, your, your problems. Um, but you know, you were also in a four year relationship. So what else did you learn to do sexually? Like, I mean, I'd, you may, you may actually have a lot of skills because I'm, I'm pretty sure that the people are going to be, uh, you say women specifically, are going to be more worried about your experience giving than they're worried about your experience receiving. Yes. And you might find some people who think it's hot that you don't have a lot of experience that they get to train, you know, train's a strong word that has more of a power exchange no. connotation, but teeth. Mold. Mold. Mold into the kind of sexual creature that they, you know, want. So it, 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 can it cause a little bit of difficulty? Sure. Um, but for the most part, the fact that you're sexually inexperienced is not a huge deal. We all have to start somewhere. Okay. Um, we've got Carrie next. I will read this question because you're going to be doing mostly all the answering. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Carrie, my girlfriend and I are lesbians. My girlfriend keeps running into this issue and I don't know how to solve it. So I've come to you guys seeking advice. Well, thank you. We appreciate that. That's what we're here for. We started having sex about six months ago. I'm the first person she's had sex with. With that being said, she has had a hard time fitting anything inside her at the beginning. At first, my fingers caused slight discomfort, but not too long after they were fine. From there, we moved on to a strap-on that's tapered, and that too hurt a bit at first. But since it gets slightly bigger as it goes down, she was eventually able to warm up and handle it just fine. Uh, But she sort of stopped making progress, Anything not tapered and or bigger hurts her. I don't like causing her pain, and obviously she doesn't like it either, but we're both a bit disappointed with how her body is acting about this. Okay. So, um, you know, the the female sex organ is sort of like a mystery. Some people can, like, put soda bottles up there while other people, you know, struggle with a couple of fingers. That being said, our bodies as vagina havers are created to be able to spit out babies. I don't know if you've seen babies, but they are the size of watermelons. Um, So if your vagina can spit out a watermelon, you can, in fact, put bigger things in it. There is not a strap on. I'll take that back. There is not a real cock that couldn't fit a vagina. There might be strap ones that might be pushing it out there. But for the most part, within reason... Um, most things will work. That being said, um, a lot of it has to do with how much um, work you've done together as far as, you know, are you really, really working up to things? Are you like going one finger, two finger, three finger, a bigger toy, that sort of thing? It might take a while. Um, Orgasms, here's the thing, it can go either way. Some women, when they have an orgasm, uh, it actually like makes their vagina a little bit more, you know, ready to have more go in it. Um, I don't want to say looser. I hate that terminology. Your vagina isn't looser. It's an elastic thing that is able to stretch. Um, but uh, depending on the person, some people get more relaxed and that's really what it is. It's the muscle relaxing and you're able to do more. 
some uh, vagina havers, when they orgasm, they tighten up for a while and trying to shove something bigger is going to hurt. So you're going to have to kind of experiment with that a little bit. But basically, you know, work up very slowly. Um, Try to work up in the same sort of sexual like experience. And what I mean by that is if you finger her on Friday, don't think that, you know, on next Friday, that's going to help you try to stuff that big toy in there. Um, if you're going to have to rework it up again. Um, and definitely, you know, I, you didn't mention anything about lubricants or anything in this question, but lube is a big thing. Um, most of the time when we think a vagina is super tight, um, it actually is more of a dryness factor than it is a tightness factor. Um, you can make things go in if there's a lot more lubrication. Um, and, and I think obviously, I mean, if there's any kind of really horrible pain and it's just, it's not getting any better, I mean, that may be time to talk to like an OB. I'm trying to think if I had any advice for this, because I do have experience with vagina havers, even though I'm not a vagina haver myself, <laughs> but it, obviously lubrication, obviously warming up. Um, I would, I would kind of try and have a little more fun with this. And I would, uh, because I would kind of ask yourself, what is it that you are, are not enjoying about the sex currently? Because, um, one of the benefits to being a vagina haver who's wearing a strap on is you can have whatever size cock the two of you want. You're not stuck with a a certain size that may or may not fit a particular person. Um, you know, you're able to, uh, able to use fingers. Um, you know, you're able to use toys, even though they might not be the largest toys. So it doesn't sound like it's, it's actually keeping you guys from doing much other than just the size of the toys that you're able to use, uh, or maybe like fisting. Um, so I do think it's definitely something you guys can work up to, uh, you know, and with, with enough practice and, and, you know, and time and care and lube, um, you know, but at the same time, I think you should keep in mind that you guys are, are pretty much doing things. I mean, you know, it's, it's, you're, you're fortunate enough that it's not actually prevents you really from doing things for the most part. I think it comes down to more of what is the motivation behind it. Is there a particular activity that you're really trying to do such as fisting that you're trying to work up to, right. or is it just the idea of, I want to wear the biggest cock in this place and fuck my girlfriend. Um, which if that is the motivation is perfectly fine. Um, but understanding where it's coming from that, you know, it's not like in, in, it's, it's not like her having some sort of negative thing about her because she's not used to larger toys. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying is, you know, um, enjoy the sex and work up slowly. Like you guys, you guys are in a position where you're able to do most things, maybe just not with as many fingers or as big of toys. Um, like I said, with the possible exception of fisting. So have fun when you're having sex, you know, and work up to it slowly. All right. So we're getting kind of shorter on, on time. So we'll answer any of the other questions that we haven't answered in this episode in our next one. But this is going to be our last one for today. In our next Q&A. Yeah. In our next Q&A. Yes. Um, and this one's from Amanda. And Amanda says, how do I politely say fuck off all in caps? I'm a submissive person, but I'm often approached by doms and subs in in that quotation marks, what the fuck, trying to play with me when I'm at dungeons. Even though I have said no, many of them continue to bother me and not leave me alone. What can I get? What can I do to get the point across? 
uh, well, maybe first let go of the idea of being polite. Yeah. I was like, that's what I'm like. You don't have to be polite. I mean, the first time you should try being polite, but yes. after that. Yeah. So I actually would say this is a very simple question. Uh, first time be polite. Uh, if they're not listening to you, don't feel the need to be polite anymore. Yeah. Um, and if it becomes a situation that is, um, really becoming taxing, you have made yourself very clear. Um, don't do the like, Oh, not right now. Um, the problem is a lot of times if you say not right now, somebody is going to ask you a thousand times when the right time is. So be firm about it. Say no, don't say not right now. Say no, I'm not interested. Be blatant about it. I'm not going to be interested if that is going to be the case. And if that continues, you can also go and talk to like an organizer or a venue owner because you're talking about um, dungeons here. So there's obviously people in charge and you might need to say something to them and they might need to say something to that person and they'll make that happen for you. Definitely, you know, before you do that, like definitely make yourself clear because I do feel like a lot of times people, they try and be polite and as part of trying to be polite, they don't really say no. And to do anything with kink, you have to get comfortable with the word no. I actually think it's a good word just to get comfortable with in everyday life. Um, but you have to get comfortable with the idea of saying no. And the problem is when you you don't say no and you don't tell somebody flat out that you don't want to play with them and you you make an excuse for, oh, I don't feel well right now or, oh, yeah, I've, I've got something else set up today or, oh, this or, oh, that or maybe later you're kind of inviting them to come back and ask you again because you're not making it clear that you actually don't want to play with them. Yeah, you're kind of leaving it open. Um, so it's better to give a full no and redact that later if you decide to than to leave it open when really you're a 99% no no matter what. Yeah, and I feel like some people, especially women, unfortunately, have to kind of be rude. Uh, I'm not getting into that whole societal bullshit that surrounds that it shouldn't be the case. It is the case. If you're not, if, if you're, if you, the first time say no and actually give a no, but are polite about it. Right. Cause that's the proper way to handle it. The first time if it's somebody you don't want to play with, be firm, but be polite, but be clear. Right. Firm and clear, but polite. But if they don't take that the first time, feel free to be rude after that. And I feel like a lot of times, unfortunately, that's what women have to do to get that no across because there's this whole societal thing of like men are expected to keep pursuing even when they're told no, which is bullshit. But it's true that that is how society thinks. And I've seen you, especially a lot of times, have to get much more so than like me talking to women or even to other men. Uh, have to get a lot ruder than I am to get the same point across. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm a dominant woman. Um, Amanda here, um, who asked the question, is a submissive. But even as a dominant, which I just think is crazy, right? You would think submissive people would not be pushy. Um, that's not the case. Um, we'll continue to pursue and pursue. Um, but, you know, you get a, a cute little, you know, um, gay boy who wants to play with you and you're not interested. You just say no and they'll leave you alone. Um, and that's unfortunately, you know, bullshit, bullshit. It's, it, it's, 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 but it's what happens. Yeah. So, um, you know, be firm, you know, and sometimes you don't have to be nice. Sometimes be mean. Sometimes the right way to say fuck off may be to say fuck off. <laughs> yeah. And that's our answer to that question. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us today. 
If we didn't get to your questions, no worries. We'll answer them next time. We had a few we didn't get to, but we're going to do one of these every few weeks. Uh, go ahead and send us your questions in. We'd love to hear from you guys. In the meantime, if you want all the links and everything that we mentioned in this episode, go to the show notes. That's at atouchofflavor.com forward slash 003. Thanks for listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, where we're building relationships outside of the box. Got a question about kink, power exchange, or open relationships that you've been holding on to for years? This is the place to ask it. Submit your question at atouchofflavor.com slash ask, or leave us a voicemail at 833-ASK-TOF1.